Welcome to Tea, Toast, and Theology. To this beautiful gospel reading, uh, we all said, Praise to you, Lord Christ. What was the reading about? Fire and Jesus bringing division and not peace. And we all said what? Praise to you, Lord Christ. Why did we do that? And that's the topic today. Why did we do that? Last week, I spoke about faith and having a big picture view and taking a step back and and looking at things that way. Today, I want to take another perspective on faith. But before I do that, let me share with you um, something that uh, happened yesterday. Yesterday, we were at the Bible study, and somehow or the other, we started talking about angels and uh, human beings and saints and uh, what was the difference between them and what was alike with them. Remember that? And it was a fruitful conversation, a wonderful conversation. So I said, well, let me make an attempt to share with you what I think are angels. Okay? And it may sound a little wacky to you, but that's okay. You expect that from me. So here's, here's how I spoke about angels yesterday. Angels are created by God. Just like us, angels are created by God. And they are assigned something to do. So I'm going to ask you, what are they, what, what do you think? What do you think is that their assignment is? Think about it. What do you think is the to watch over us, right? <laughs> All right, reporting to God what we are doing. All right, okay. Anything else? Bringing messages from God. All right. Okay. Guidance. All right. Okay. So there are all these angels who are doing all different kinds of things. 
and they are doing them on whose instruction god right so they are doing all these things on god's instruction now this is the interesting part when an angel is told to do something how many stories of angels do we have in which an angel says i don't know about that god how many do we have stories of like that or well, i don't know about this god thing i i'm going to do my thing how many stories do we have about that or how many angels do we hear that from yeah okay great devil right come on devil was also an angel right so we have and angels who are doing everything that god asks them to do there is no questioning going on they're just doing the things that they are told to do and there's this guy devil who's also an angel but what is what does he do he's he's that perfect age you know that perfect age where the parent says go do this and the child goes and does that right that right it's it's like it's it's that kind of a thing where the devil is making the decision which is exactly opposite of where god is directing the angel to go and then it is us and how do we live our lives we are almost like god created this lab and put us in a lab okay and and said let me create a lab for for these these people we will call um uh human beings okay thank you all right and these human beings we are going to ask them to know this this that there is this good and there is bad but they have to figure it out it's not like okay you have no choice if you are an angel right if you are a good angel you are told this and you go and do good if you are if you are the other angel you are told and you go and do that which is the devil you know that's that's what he is not doing right he's the antithesis of of goodness and then it is us the human beings who are in that lab who are just thinking about okay what is this right and wrong and how do we proceed in life we are constantly thinking about it and that what that's what makes us human beings we are constantly thinking about what is right and what is wrong and god helps us through that right and through that wrong am i making any sense the distinction between an angel and a human being right now here's 
where my question is, what do you think happens when we as human beings are responsible with the choice? What do you think is, happens with choice? When you're given a choice, what happens? You're guided by conscience. Right? Okay, you're guided by conscience and desire, all right? Okay, let me ask you this way. Have you ever been in a situation where you could choose A or B? Never? You've never been in a situation where you had options? You have. Four options, okay. How did you make your decision? Any, meeny, miny, mo, okay? <laughs> Questioning? Right, what should I do? Is this the right thing to do? Yeah, you do all that. And then let's say you made that decision. Okay? Let's say you made that decision. It's like, you know, one of those videos with, with dogs, they put, they hide uh, something in the cup and they go like this and, and they shuffle and the dog has to guess and they play with the dog's mind, right? And then the dog kind of like looks at you, what happened, right? Because it was pretty sure it made the right decision and it did, but you fooled it, right? What happens when you realize that the other option was better? Huh? You're not too happy, right? 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 That's the problem with options. That's the problem with options. When you have options and you have to make a decision, right, it can go either way. You can end up saying, oh, wow, I made a really good decision. Or in hindsight, you can say, that decision, I think I didn't make a very good decision. Right? But you do live with it, don't you? And you wait for the next time you have to make a decision, which is probably that very second, right? That is human existence. My way of thinking is that angels are not doing that. Angels are being told what to do, they go and do it. Or in one case, that one angel who decides everything that God says should be done, I'll figure out how to do exactly the opposite. Right? But we human beings are always looking to do the right thing. Now, this morning I said, what if there was, <clears throat> and I say it for me, what if there was a brownie with vanilla ice cream on top? What do you think my decision will be? Huh? <laughs> Add hot fudge. Add hot fudge. Okay. Right. And not just add hot fudge, have it. Right? 
And yet, the right decision would probably be to not have at least that big Sunday thing. And yet, I probably will make whatever is in front of me. Why do we do that? Why do we do that? Why do we make the decision we think is going to benefit us right now? Because, my friends, innately, we all avoid suffering. We all avoid suffering. We want something that will satisfy us right now because we know that if we don't do that and it's sitting there, ooh, that is suffering. <laughs> and I'm not trying to minimize suffering, but just to, just to uh, make the point that that's why we do it. We do it because it's an immediate thing. We can make this decision and it's over with. We are happy. And then tomorrow, who has seen? We will take care of tomorrow when it shows up. Life with Christ, my friends, is different. Life with Christ is not only that taking a step back and looking at the big picture. Life with Christ is to stick with the long term and the big picture. And that is why we Christians suffer. Not because we like to suffer, but because we want to stick with the right thing to do. And that is hard to do. That is difficult. And so when today Jesus says, well, I have not come to bring peace, but division. My friend, when there are options, there are divisions. That is inherent in being a human being. When there are options, if there are, you know, two people in the room, there are probably at least four opinions or more. <laughs> Right? When, there, when you have options, there is a great potential of having division. So what is the role of Jesus Christ? Jesus Christ comes into the world and offers us what God would love for us to do, like a parent. Now, a parent can tell a child what to do. A parent can know what is best for the child, but a parent can never make a child do that. Right? And that is our love, because in our love, we want the child to pick the right choice. But then there is a limitation in how far we go in that process with the child. Ultimately, for the sake of the maturity of the child, the child has to learn how to make the right decisions herself or himself. Right? And so is true with God. 
And at the same time, God offers us Jesus, his son, in a model, in a really interesting model, which, you know, the problem with us who follow Jesus Christ is that sometimes we think that, you know, it's such a great thing that if, if we talk about Jesus, then everybody should find Jesus attractive and everybody should say, hey, great. Now, I often say, how many people during Jesus's lifetime loved what Jesus had to say. Not what Jesus did, what Jesus had to say. What Jesus did was healing. People loved that. What Jesus did was provided food to everybody. People loved that, right? But what did Jesus say? Whenever he opened a mouth, there was a controversy. Whenever Jesus opened his mouth, there was a controversy to the point where people started deserting him and he was left alone. Because what Jesus is saying to us, what God is saying to us, my friends, are you ready for this? Does not preach. Unfortunately, what preaches is this. If you do this, this, and this, then you will go into heaven. That preaches. If you do this, this, and this, Trust me, tomorrow you're going to receive a huge blessing. That preaches. People follow. Or even what I'm about to say preaches, which is, let's all come together and I feel your pain. Let's all sit here in pain. It's sad, but it preaches. What doesn't preach is what Jesus has to offer, which is choose the greater good over against what is right in front of you. And if you do that, the writer of Hebrew says, yet all these, though they were commended for their faith, did not receive what was promised, did not receive what was promised, since God had provided something better so that they would not, apart from us, be made perfect. My friends, God has something for us. And this is what Jesus showed, that look, I'm, I'm willing to take all the suffering but I'm not going off track. I have a baptism to fulfill. I have been commissioned for this. Okay? And if you wish to be my followers, keep your eyes way ahead and follow that course. It's going to be hard, but here's the thing. All the people that we read about in the New Testament who suffered for this teaching. We are told, and this is a testimony, we are told that they had a strange kind of a joy in them that no one could take away from them. So when they stuck with what was right, they received this joy, they received this peace which surpasses all understanding. 
It's not that peace that we want like this, right? What would be the right thing to do and what would be the wise thing to do are sometimes two different things. Right? And so that is Christian life. Unfortunately, the masses would like to be in a situation where there is a God to whom if we pray, that God would offer exactly what we want. And this is human nature, right? If we have a car, we want two. If we have a small car, we want a bigger car. If we have a house, we want a bigger house. If we have an office, we want the corner office. If we have the corner office, what do we want? We want the corner office that looks onto the beach. You get the point. <laughs> right? That is how we are programmed. And yet, we are called to do this to endure and to suffer not for the sake of suffering, but for the sake of doing the right thing. And when we do that, and this is, this is what Christian faith offers us, that when we actually do that, we receive a joy we receive a, a peace that is beyond our comprehension. So my friends, let's not expect Jesus to offer us a brownie with vanilla ice cream on top. That's not what Jesus came to offer us. What Jesus came to offer us was the kingdom of heaven that may not be fulfilled in our lifetimes, but we all work towards it. We do the right thing. And by so doing, we become a part of the crowd of witnesses. And you are called to be in that crowd. Amen.